Welcome to the Nonprofit Growth Show, presented by Nonprofit Megaphone, the podcast where we highlight nonprofit leaders in the trenches who share the strategies and tactics they use to grow their organizations and make a difference each day. As we like to say, if you want to be discouraged by a general sense of decay, read the news. But if you want to be inspired by concrete stories of growth, talk to a nonprofit. Here's to the modern day superheroes, the nonprofit leaders. Let's dive in. Welcome, everyone. We're here with Olivia Lehman. She is the Associate Director of Development at Water for Good. Olivia, thanks so much for joining us. I am really excited for this. Yeah, thanks for having me today. We were just chatting about how uh, coffee never leaves Olivia's sight, and she indeed has some here today. So we are ready to roll. Um, And to start us off, I would love to hear a story that maybe required coffee as well. Is there a dramatic or suspenseful moment that has happened in your development career, your nonprofit journey that you could tell us about? Yeah, I thought I would start with a story that launched me into wanting to be a a development officer. Um, It was back in college, actually. And I had just found out about the water crisis. And I, I was so compelled by the fact that there were um, 606 uh, million people that didn't have access to clean water. And so I went ahead and started um, a little campaign for my birthday. I wanted to give up my birthday to give people clean water instead of giving me gifts or anything like that. So I was turning 20 at the time. And I decided to invite people over to um, host like a little birthday party and people would donate um, when they came over. And I had a dorm that was probably, let's say, 400 square feet. And uh, I invited my closest friends and I thought, I'll just get a, a box of pizza. And I ended up having 40 people crash in my little tiny dorm room. And they were all excited about doing something for good. Uh, Whether or not they understood the water crisis, they were really excited to play a part. And it kind of launched me into realizing that I loved bringing people together for something bigger than myself. And I knew that um, fundraising, even at a smaller level, could make such a big impact. in people's lives, feeling connected to something uh, as far away as uh, the water crisis um, in our little tiny college dorm room. Uh, so, so, yeah. So after oh, that so moment, cool. um, I I started a little nonprofit at my uh, college campus called IEPUI, and uh, that's kind of where the whole passion started and pivoted my. Uh, career as well. So I, I was going into business and ended up working for a nonprofit. Wow. And here we are today. Do you remember um, back that initial event in your dorm room? Do you remember what came out of that? Or did you guys raise money? What was sort of what happened after that? Yeah, so I asked everyone to bring $5. Um, and at the time, $5 gave one person clean water for an entire year. So uh, we were able to save uh, 40 lives uh, just in that day. Um, But bigger than that, we were uh, able to have all of these people kind of rally around one central idea, which was to uh, focus on awareness of a 
big world water crisis. And um, that's when I knew that I had other people that were there to support me. Really, really cool. And then take us through the journey that brings you up to the present moment, because I know that you're near now at Water for Good and that there have been other organizations that you've worked with in between then. How did that journey unfold? Yeah, so funny coincidence as well. I was uh, working as an events intern at IUPUI. And um, unfortunately, my boss got in a car wreck and she was the gift officer and donor relations specialist for the School of Liberal Arts. And uh, her car crash uh, ended up being um, something where she had to look at her screen and she wasn't able to after this crash. And so her boss asked me to fill in for some of her her, uh, tasks. And even though my internship was event-focused, I switched into gear into donor relations. And I was able to find out how exciting uh, fundraising work was and how much of my personality uh, lined up with some of these tasks. Um, So I was able to meet with donors as a college student. I was uh, planning events for them and and, uh, rallying around uh, the cause for um, academia. And so that was uh, my my first initial step into the professional world as a fundraiser. And then after that point, I uh, followed my boss from the School of Liberal Arts over to the Red Cross and um, worked with a team of eight uh, major gift officers who taught me everything that I know. Um, and from there, I was able to get my certificate for fundraising management through the School of Lilly. And, um, I now work with water for good and water for good is, uh, basically an international nonprofit that was founded in 2004. Um, and our headquarters is actually based in Indiana, but we work primarily in the central African Republic to end the water crisis there. Really, really cool. That is such a fun story. Is there a story on the topic that you could share about Water for Good that maybe crystallizes in your mind the type of impact that the organization is able to have in the Central African Republic or elsewhere? Hmm, Yeah, definitely. Um, A lot of times we go back to collect stories from the field after we've implemented a water well. Uh, We might go back a year later just to see... uh, what the importance is of this water well in this uh, in a specific village. Um, so, we went back to one of our um, one of our villages, and we actually talked to one of the the women there. And globally, women and children spend about two hundred million hours every day collecting water, which is usually a waste of valuable time. Um, so, talking to this woman who had a family to take care of. Um, She said that she would spend her days kind of categorizing what what was important that day. Uh, Was she going to wash her clothes? Was she uh, prioritizing maybe making dinner that day? Uh, Or did she have to prioritize the water, the limited water that she had um, to wash her son's uniform? You know, it was kind of this... um, dilemma that she had every single day. And then um, when we implemented the this water well, she said she was able to not have to prioritize anymore. She was able to uh, wash herself. She was able to hmm. cook again um, freely. And 
she also um, was such an amazing cook. She started her own business, her own restaurant, and she even shared some of her recipes uh-huh. with us. Uh, so we we posted that on on our blog. But it's the, the, the those things that you don't really think about. Um, you think, oh, well, they just need water for you know. Uh, to drink. And that's where the story ends. But really, it's empowering uh, women uh, like herself who are able to go above and beyond and start their own business and have more time in their day. It's such a cool story. And it's interesting to see, right? It's not just the biological direct need, but there are so many other things economically, socially that it empowers as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. That's really, really cool. Are there strategies or tactics that you've found to be helpful in your development work that you think other people might be able to benefit from as well? Yeah, I was actually just having this conversation yesterday uh, with some other people that are in the water sector. And I think a challenge for us is that water is such a complicated subject. Uh, When you talk about water, a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? What does that cover? Um, So a lot of times, uh, nonprofits within the water sector will actually focus in on the words health and safety. Um, all of a sudden, people know exactly what that means. Um, and it does. Water does affect the health and safety of uh, villages and people um, so that they can not get sick and so they can live on with their lives. Um, so health and safety are key words that I think uh, we should be using um, more and more within the water sector. But also, uh, everyone is really excited about um, the social um, activity that we have around um, women. Um, Everyone right now, it's a a hot topic to talk about women. (laughs) And so um, women and children, like I said earlier, are spending all of these hours collecting water. Um, so I think it's really important to highlight that factor since it's such a, a, a big component of our country's time right now. Absolutely. For an organization like yours, where do most new donors come from? How do they first learn about the organization? And then what are the steps that they often go through as sort of a precursor to getting involved and maybe supporting financially? Yeah, so a lot of our donors initially knew about our founder. Um, so this organization started 15 years ago by uh, the name uh, a guy named uh, Jim Hawking, who was really connected uh, with a lot of churches in the area and Grace Brethren churches. Um, but a lot of times, people are I, I'm finding that they are finding us through. Um, our website and through different conferences and things like that. And what's uh, really great about uh, Water for Goods platform is that we have such a dynamic online uh, website where you can um, interact with it and start your own campaign through our website. And it's very easy to set up and make it personalized. So I I often tell people, you know, if you want to get involved, uh, do do what I did. Uh, start a campaign for your birthday. And, uh, you know, people aren't always willing to give to a church or to a certain campaign that's only specific for a certain group. Um, But people can connect with uh, something personal like a birthday. I love that. And you guys, I have to say, have a beautiful website. It is really, really well built um, from what I've I've seen of it. So um, 
yeah, we'll give the link to that at the end, but definitely worth checking out from a design perspective as well. Um, we can now jump into one of the fun portions of this, uh, which is the pro-con game, where we pick a topic and debate back and forth. And historically, I always lose, but uh, it's still educational for everyone. So today, our topic <laughs> is, should nonprofit events be done in partnership with other organizations? So Olivia, would you like to take the pro side that yes, they should, or the con side that no, typically they shouldn't? Yes, I think they should. I love it. Would you like to make an opening statement for us? <laughs> yeah, so uh, nonprofits uh, can spend an enormous amount of time on uh, planning events. There's so much that goes into it. And I think partnering uh, with third-party events is the best way to go, especially collaborating uh, outside of your own network. Cool. And just for um, just expanding on that a little bit, could you give an example, maybe an event that you guys do that's a collaboration? Sure. Uh, we do an event called Tour de Brew, and you can look it up. It's a cycling brewery event. And we actually collaborate with a cycling community in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you're out there, uh, we're there every April. And basically, we uh, do all of these things that the community in Raleigh, North Carolina love. That's that's cycling and going to breweries and trying different beers. But then they're also doing something for good. So the more money you raise for your own cycling team, the more perks you get that day, and the more people that you're giving back uh, clean water. So this is a great example, I think, for um, doing good with uh, the community that you're working with. I love it. So this is going to be an uphill battle for me to argue against, um, but I'll take a stab at it. Wouldn't you say that doing all these different events with other organizations, doesn't that add just so much complexity and so much more time to make the event happen? And there's there's all this staff time um, as opposed to just doing an event with just the organization and not worrying about the hassle of these partnerships isn't there time that's being spent that isn't really being counted as a cost since you don't really see the dollars of that, but um, could that drag down the performance because all there, there's all this coordination that needs to happen? Hmm. I think initially there could be a lot of coordination and time spent, uh, but I, I do think it's really beneficial to partner with different organizations because in the long run, now we have all of these deep relationships uh, with the, the cycling community, with the breweries there, and also with the sponsors that help with this event. So they know it's coming every single year. Um, it's kind of like plug and play uh, when, when we get into April. And uh ultimately cultivates a sense of um, ownership within these different partners. So they are able to say, you know, I'm doing something bigger than myself and I'm able to play a big part with something that I love doing every single day. I love it. Very compelling argument. We're going to give you the win on this one. Right? <laughs> um, and thank you for sharing that. It's such a cool model and one that I think probably a lot of folks would benefit from thinking more about. I also think it's a cool insight potentially that your mission of of giving clean water to folks to empower, you know, their health and economic well-being and social well-being and all of that is something that probably there's basically no one in the world that disagrees with, which is kind of nice that it it can be this nice rallying point for any type of community that whether it's, you know, cycling or anything else um that folks can get excited about that. So, really really mm -hmm. cool. 
Thank you for sharing. We can jump now into some rapid fire questions. Um, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would you say and why? I would say visionary. Um, I'm usually looking at the big picture and I'm roping people in to see the big picture with me. Uh, and I think that's a big part of fundraising. Very true. Is there an exciting shift that you're seeing take place in the nonprofit world or the development world today? Yeah, I think we're moving into a world where more people are starting to trust charity. Uh, They're starting to do more research and seeing uh, what kind of impact uh, different nonprofits are making. Um, But then they're also willing to give um, to these, to these nonprofits. And I think that shift happened probably in the last 10 years, um, especially with the help of organizations like Charity Water, um, that are, are making, um, nonprofits, uh, have, a, a higher standard, a higher expectation to have better content, um, to track the work that, um, we're doing and and we do we gps track every uh water well that we implement and do rehab on so i think uh that's that's really really exciting for the world that we're living in today really cool it is very exciting like you said to see the bar continuing being raised and nonprofits continuing to set even higher bars on top of that which of course just means um more impact for the mission at the end of the day. Um, Another thing that we're fascinated by and that I'm personally am fascinated by is the power of networks within the nonprofit professional community and people that are learning from each other and developing skills together. Are there folks that you've learned a lot from or that have inspired you that you kind of want to give a shout out to for the roles they've played in your journey so far? Yeah. Um, and I'll start with Charity Water just because I mentioned them already. Uh, they're, they're truly thought leaders, I think, in, in the uh, nonprofit world, creating those higher uh, level uh, standards for nonprofit imagery and progressive thought and how they, they market themselves. Um, and I'll tie that in with uh, Creative Mornings. Uh, that's something that I organized here locally in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, but this uh, organization called Creative Mornings is a global organization and they have 200 plus uh, chapters all across the world. And I think people are done with the super high niche uh, kind of collaborative um, groups like just marketing uh, mm. networking groups or just nonprofit networking groups. Uh, creative mornings can, uh, brings all kinds of creatives together every single month. And that's something that I've been a part of that I, I really enjoy. And specifically, I have a couple of people to shout out to Leslie Kidwell. She's the vice president of strategic engagement at the Indiana youth Institute. And she is the one that I talked about earlier. I followed her to the American Red Cross. And she is just a powerhouse major gift officer. And she's a big part of the reason why I am where I am today. So I am very thankful for her guidance and leadership uh, within the community of Indianapolis. Um, And then people like Kevin Sofen, he started his own organization advocating for sustainability within the water sector. 
so he started an organization called Responsible, which is a global movement actively implementing water solutions while also empowering individuals to work together. And he really does do that. And that's something he does outside of his full-time job. And I'm just completely in awe of people like that who uh, give up so much of their time and do it with such inertia and passion. Is there a sh- um, is there excuse me is there something that as you look back over the last maybe five or ten years or whatever time frame you'd like to choose is there something that you appreciate much more today than you did back then? Yeah, I think I would um, say just being more present with people and knowing that relationships are the most important part of anything, uh, whether that's in fundraising or just being um, in life in different communities. I think uh, building relationships and cultivating those are just essential. Really cool. Olivia, thank you so much for spending the time with us. I know that this is probably getting to a crazy time of year for you. So I really appreciate you taking a few moments out of your day. Where should people look if they want to learn more about you or if they want to learn more about Water for Good? Where should they look online? Absolutely. So you can check out uh, waterforgood.org. That's where all of our campaigns exist and our strategy. So you can find out more about us there. Uh, You can also look us up on Instagram and it's water underscore for underscore uh, good. And then... um, If you're interested in learning more about me, I'm pretty active on Instagram as well. Uh, My tag is just Olivia Lehman. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Growth Show presented by Nonprofit Megaphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or giving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast network. We appreciate your support. Until next time.